John chapter 15, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to read from verses 12 through 16. If you got it, say, I got it. Okay, right. fantastic. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask for the father, in the Father's name, he may give it to you. Dope. Thank you. Um, awesome. So I just, you know, as we're talking about friendship flings and relationship things, we just want to jump in again on this uh, topic today of friendship. And uh, we want to talk about the, the message for today will be entitled Friend Zone. Friend Zone. Everybody say Friend Zone. Friend Zone. And so, you know, as we start out by talking about this, now that we've uh, looked at the scripture, um, you know, ultimately the goal of this series, just so you know, and the goal of this message today is to challenge you to assess your friendships, um, to assess your t- friendships and be intentional about your friendships, to assess and be intentional. In fact, somebody say that with me because we often learn through repetition. Somebody say we have to assess and be intentional about our friendships. I, a lot of times I Google things and like I'll go to Facebook or Instagram and the ad is in following me. And now we live in a society that there is stalkers in the social realm, realm that is always suggesting things that I want. If I'm looking for shoes, I know it's like speaking to me in my Facebook, get these shoes on sale for $10 or whatever. And we live in a society that constantly people are suggesting ideas, how we should purchase, how we should be in relationship. Commercials that we watch mm-hmm. are all in suggestion of how we should order our steps in our lives. Yep. It's just like, yeah, you just feel like social media is stalking you. You know, how many of you have ever seen that happen? Like you're on and then it's like, wait a minute, I was just telling my wife I was, I wanted to buy a, a PS4. And then there's this ad that just pops up, you know, it's just like, whoa. Um, but not only that, but you know, when we think about when we think about this, even with car dealerships, the power of suggestion and impression, you walk into a car dealership, in many cases, you know, um, you don't know what you're looking for. Some of us will go know what, knowing what we're looking for. Uh, I'm not going to throw shade at the ladies, uh, but usually the ladies are the ones that get duped into... No, I'm sorry. Don't throw stones at me. I love you. I promise. But... Um, <laughs> I already started getting myself in hot water. But, you know, we'll go into these car dealerships and what will happen is, um, you know, they're usually trying to suggest to us, like, we end up leaving with a car many times because you go in there and they're like, this is what you need. And, oh, you need this and you need this and you need this. And and then you thought that you were going to sign on the dotted line and it was going to be over. And then they're like, wait, but there's more, you know. And they sell you, like, the upscale package, you know. And, and so there's usually just that power of suggestion in every area of our lives, especially with our purchasing. Uh, but we'll also say that it's not only that, uh, but especially in our life today, consequently, we are persuaded and, we are, and there's so much suggestion as it pertains to friendships. To the point where, you know, we want to just start by saying that we've lost the art of godly discernment. Mm-hmm. And we've lost our value in the power of choice. Let me say that again. You know, we're to the place now where as it pertains to our friendships, we've lost, we've lost the, the, the art of godly discernment. In other words, the godly evaluation. Like actually thinking through, putting thought into 
considering those we're, who we call friends, you know? Especially with stuff like Facebook where you can become somebody's friend, quote unquote, by just clicking a button. Any witnesses? You know, and so we've kind of applied that culture to our lives where, you know, where we, um, where we just accept friends or label people as friends with oftentimes without using discernment, without seeking God's leading, asking the Holy Spirit, hey, is this somebody that I'm actually supposed to be connected to? You know, and we're just trusting friendly people. But just because somebody's friendly don't mean they should be your friend. Come on. Didn't mean to start preaching so early, but I felt it in my gut right there. And so, you know, so this is really, really where we want to challenge you um, around today. So jumping into the scripture, if you will, if you go to, to John chapter 15, and uh, we just love Jesus's example here because we find that he is referring to how we are supposed to love friends. Everybody say friends. friends. And so here in the text, he starts by saying, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you now i love this so much so uh, as it pertains to our friendships as it pertains to us assessing our friendships benita jesus starts by encouraging us around the fact that we need to be he says that we need to love one another as he has loved us in other words how has jesus loved us jesus has loved us unconditionally everybody say unconditionally unconditionally and sacrificially He's loved us unconditionally and sacrificially. I love those two things. As I, told you, as I told you earlier, the thing that I love about God so much is that, you know, he doesn't love us based upon what we've done or what we do. But he loves us based upon his goodness and who he is. And so usually when we think of that type of love, we usually will think, yo, God only wants me to love like that towards, uh, towards our spouse, like in a marital context, like... I'm only supposed to love unconditionally and sacrificially for my spouse, you know, or we'll say, some of us will say, you know, I'm supposed to love sacrificially and unconditionally in a familial context. So my brothers, my sisters, my mom and them, you know, they're, those are the people that we love in that manner. But seldom do we really think about applying that unconditional and sacrificial love to our friends or to people that we are uh, in friends in the friend zone with everybody say the friend zone. friend zone and so you know he starts by this and he lets us know that this is the way that we're supposed to love if we're loving people the way that he loves us unconditionally and sacrificially one of the ways that we have to love sacrificially is in that you can't always be somebody's cheerleader come on come on somebody you can't always be somebody's cheerleader. You know, we, we love to be that person in, in people's lives. You know, it's every, when you were growing up, all the, the popular people were cheerleaders. How many of you remember that? Or maybe they didn't have cheerleaders at your school. But cheerleaders are usually the popular ones. Give me an A. A. You got your A. Okay. Too early? Okay. <laughs> But cheerleaders are popular. Cheerleaders are cool. Cheerleaders usually have friends, uh, lots of friends around them, you know, and it's usually that friend that, but you know, if you're going to love someone sacrificially, it means that you have to be willing to be unpopular. It means that you can't always be in a position where if you're in the friend zone, that you're cheerleading people and putting them on. In fact, I love uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 6. The Bible actually says that love, love, agape love, which Paul is, which uh, Jesus is encouraging us to have towards those who we're in friends with, uh, in the friend zone with. He says that this true love, right, 
it doesn't rejoice with wrongdoing. So in other words, if we truly love someone the way that Christ loved us, we are individuals that are allowed to rejoice with wrongdoing. We have to be willing to be sacrificial and look out of place because we've got to be to the place where we love people enough to be able to challenge them and hold them accountable when their actions don't line up with God's word. Are you with me this morning? Can I just tell you something, man? I just think that uh, when you're in true friends, that you have to be willing to give. We got to be people that are willing to give people, a, uh, give our friends a kick in the pants over a kiss on the cheek when needed. If you're my true friend, you need to be able to give me a kick in the pants over a kiss on the cheek when needed. And some of you dudes are like, I don't give nobody, no, I'm not giving no man a kiss on the cheek anyway. Well, over a dap. There we go. Today we were in the circle. We were trying to like get people to hold hands and the dudes are like, nah, we ain't holding hands. And then they're dapping each other up and stuff. Well, whatever way you show love or approval, love doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. We get that uh, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5 and 6. In fact, I want us to turn there. Let's look at that. Keep your finger in John chapter 15 and go to Proverbs. Proverbs, for those who are new to Bible, it's in the first half of the Bible known as the Old Testament. And uh, we're going to Proverbs chapter 27. And uh, verse 5 and 6. And I love what it says, speaking towards what we're talking about right now. It says, better is open rebuke. Everybody say open rebuke. open rebuke. Better is open rebuke, he says, than hidden love. My God. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Come on. There's that word in the friend zone. Come on. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse or abundant are the kisses of an enemy. Come on. So oftentimes we're to the place where we think that if we're somebody's friend, that we've got to always be the cheerleader in their life. We always got to be to the one, the place where we're kissing, we're bigging people up and, and we're dapping people up and we're all, and we're supporting them in this regard because we don't want people to not like you, right? But if you're loving people unconditionally and sacrificially, that means we have to be willing to, uh, to openly rebuke people as opposed to loving on them openly, but then behind their back, we're in a position where we're chopping them down. What I thought about about that verse was true friends cut you in the front instead of stabbing you in the back. And I'll say that again. True friends cut you in the front instead of stabbing you in the back. Bars. And I was thinking about that. When a surgeon goes into surgery to cut somebody, it's there to restore someone, to make them better, to make them better than they were before. There was a problem, but they want to cut them in the front. You know that you're going to surgery. You don't be like, hey, I'm cutting you up and just surprised. No, it's like, I've set you up because there's something that I want you to be better. And as friends, when you cut your friend, you rebuke them, it's for the betterment of them. Mm-hmm. And there might be a healing process because sometimes after surgery, I've had three surgeries, and there's a healing process, but I am better. Because of my three surgeries, I have three beautiful children that Come came on. out of that surgery. And so be willing to be cut by a friend so you can be better and restored it to be as better as you were before. So true friends cut you in the front and don't stab you in the back. Somebody needs to write that down and tweet it. Let's say that again. True friends cut you in the front instead of stabbing you in the back. And when I even think about it, you know, like as Christians, how we have to be willing as friends and in the friend zone to be able to confront people with the word. Hmm. And I just think about Hebrews 4.12, how it says, you know, that the word of God is, is swift, it's quick, it's sharp. 
sharper than a two-edged sword, you know, and how it's, it's able to, to cut. And it's cutting for the purpose of growing us. It's cutting for the purpose of going forward. And so even if you, if you, if you address somebody who's in the friend zone with God's word and you challenge them, you know, in that regard, that's actually for the purpose of uh, restoration. That's some good stuff. And then number two, let's continue to read. Go back to John chapter, uh, John chapter 15. We're going to John chapter uh, 15 again. And we're going to continue reading. Let's look at verse, uh, verse um, 13. As Jesus says, you know, greater love has no man than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And that's where we got not only after he told them that they're supposed to love um, them as he loves them, um, as he loved us, yes. Then he goes on and says we're supposed to lay down our lives uh, for them. But going onward, I love how he says this. He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Hmm. And so he doesn't just stop at saying love people uh, and encourage us to love people unconditionally and sacrificially. But then he goes on and he makes bounders and boundaries and parameters to describe, right, the level of friendship and the type of friendship that we have. In his, his case, he's God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. So as it pertains to us being friends with him, as many of us we sing, how many of you know, I am a friend of God. And that song was popular for so long and we jump and we sing that song and we talk about it, but you ain't doing what Jesus is saying. Come on. Come on. And he says that you're only my friend if you actually observe my commandments. So that's the, the dynamic of friendship that we have with Christ. And so if we're supposed to love people, love our friends, as Christ loved us, a part of that is you have to understand, point number two, establish friendship standards and boundaries. Somebody say that with me. Say, I've got to establish. Say it with some caffeine in your voice. I've got to establish friendship standards and boundaries. In other words, you know, this is why lots of us get hurt because we don't establish parameters. Yours is not going to be, I mean, like my son, he'll be like, you're my friend if you do what I say. No, well, he's, you know, we're not God. So we can't say, we can't put those standards on people. But you have to establish the boundaries and the parameters of the friendships that you have. Amen, somebody. Mm -hmm. So that there's something established to say, you're not, this is as far as it's going to go. And we have a mutual agreement of the type of friendship that we have. Are you with me? One of the things we have in friendships, I don't know about you, but some people have repeat offenders. Mm. And repeat offenders are your exes. Come on. You keep going back. You can have an ex-friend? I guess so. You can. Let me tell you, no, let's let's talk about it for one second. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) We talk about boyfriend and girlfriend breakups. Come on, there's been relationships you had to cut off and it can be hurtful because the amount of time you invested in emotionally in our friendship, it can be very hurtful. Yeah. And it can be an ex-friend, we can call it whatever, but there's someone that continue to hurt you, hold you, hurt your feelings, abuse you with your, um, your finance, abuse you with your relationship, calling you all, dumping all the time. They never ask you how you're doing, mm. ever. Girl, I've been going through this and this, and you're like, okay, and they're continually not caring it's not mutual relationship and so we have to be careful with ex-offenders in our relationships mm. that continue to come back and abusing us over and over and over again we need to assess who's in our lives and our circles so there's different types of friends yeah also with that unhealthy relationship is the relationships that are territorial mm. let's talk about that one Preach. Let's, let's talk about the territorial friend that like you want to go to the mall and they're not available so you call your other friend and they're like oh girl you didn't call me to go to the mall because 
only you can be that friend with that person, that's very unhealthy. And I was thinking about more and more about the whole, even best friends can be very unhealthy. When you put someone in only one area of your life, you put every emotion into one person, that you cannot make room for other people, that they're offended by you, that you're going out with other friends. If you're a friend, the goal is that, you know, I want someone to be in community, that they make you better, and that they can love you so you can be in a better place. We should never be terrified to upset that someone else is going with another person. That's unhealthy when you have that control and hold on somebody else. Yeah. Wow. So you, you mean that lots of times people have, like, they call them friends, but they're actually booing them up? Like, wow. You know, so I heard a new word this week. I've never heard this. Friends that are called, that act like couples, are called fruple. Fruples. Fruples, sorry. <laughs> fruples. You know that friend that you do everything together. Like, you know, you, you literally go shopping. You do, you're the first person to call. And they become, they're acting like they're in a relationship. And what happens, is when you're in a relationship, that means there's boundaries that no one can come in. Mm. And what happens if you end up being in a relationship that's unhealthy, it's so hard to get out because no one knows that you're in this unhealthy relationship because you haven't made a way for other people to come inside. Wow. And we should always make avenues that you can, you can spread yourself a little bit. Yeah, man. So you shouldn't be booed up with everybody. And, you know, and I think the challenge is, man, that oftentimes you know, we put people talking about um, standards and boundaries. Oftentimes we, make, we try to make everybody your best friend. You know, and I don't know about you guys, but I've been guilty of that in the past. You feel like everyone who comes into your life, if they have something in common with you. I remember I used to have a friend that would always be like, yo, that's my that's my boy. That's my. And I'm like, guy, you just met him like two weeks ago. Like you're acting like you're right or die. Like, yo, I'll take a bullet for that, man. Okay, I want to tell him, Pastor like, Andrew. So when he first got on Facebook, he was like, oh my gosh, I got a new friend. Everyone's my friend. I'm like, they're not your friends. It's superficial. Like, you just accepted them on Facebook. They're not your friends. They're shade bullets today. No, friend. but you, you have to, no, listen, you have to remind yourself sometimes, don't get caught, because trust me, we saw people I, all the time, oh, you were in Cuba, so nice. Oh, your kids, you feel like you're a part of these people's lives. It's a false relationship that you have with someone thinking that you're really that close and, and you know that you know the funny thing is because oftentimes like you'll be acting like you know somebody you know people be talking about like like you you stalk oprah you stalk you know all these people and you'd be like oh you know she has this and she has this dog and she loves this food and blah 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 and you let you show up to oprah talking about hey girl <laughs> you know and she'll be like who are you you know because you can have you can be friends with somebody and put yourself in their in as their friends and they have no clue who you are. And, that's and many of us, the reason why we're disappointed mm-hmm. is because you have put yourself in a certain status with somebody and they don't have the mutual status. They don't see you the same way. And that's how that's the difference between Facebook and Instagram. Come on. Facebook, we're mutually friends. Instagram, I can be following you, but you might not following me. Mm. It's not mutual. I have a lot of people that follow me, but I don't follow them. And they're, fo- they're <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on. They well. know they know everything that's going on in my life. But then, then when they ask me about, I'm like, oh, I didn't see that because I'm not following them. And so there's a false again a rela- relationship thinking that we're invested in the same relationship and it's not. It's not mutual in the relationship at all. So establish friendship standards and boundaries. You have to have those in order for any sort of friendship, anything in the friend zone, to be healthy. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three, so going on, Jesus says, after he tells them, you're my friends, if you do what I command you, verse 15 says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. 
For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known unto you. That's some dope stuff right there. Because look, so what Jesus is actually doing here is he's bringing some people who were only his servants, because they still they still are his servants. If you read the chapter in context, they are his servants still, disciples, right? But he says, even though you're my servants, I'm not going to call you that any longer. I'm bringing you into the friend zone. Mm-hmm. There's a preach in there. Number three, you've got to unapologetically change people's status in your life. Mm-hmm. Let me say it again. You've got to unapologetically change people's status in your life. In other words, there's some people in your life right now that need to go from being in the outside into bringing them into the friend zone. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we miss the blessing of certain relationships because they don't necessarily come in the package that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. Come on, somebody. Mm -hmm. You were looking for Canada Post and it came as USPS. Mm -hmm. Is that it? No. Um, UPS, there we go. I'm, I always get mixed up with this, with the American and Canadian stuff. But at the end of the day, we have to be willing to unapologetically do so. You know, it was, it was crazy because even when I had to unapologetic, like my wife just put me on blast. Uh, she about how I was like, I was scared to let people know. You know, when we got together, I was scared because honestly, you know, she was around me the whole time, but she was around me in the friend zone. And I was actually trying to get counsel from her to try and get with this girl. And can I just be real? I was chasing a butt and a smile. I was. Can I be real about it? Come on. And I was looking, and I remember we were driving. It's okay to be real in church. Come on. And that's what I was chasing. And she was in the friend zone, and I'm like, hey, Chantal, I really, you know, I'm, I'm trying to check this girl. Can you give me some counsel? And so she's like counseling me on how to get with this next girl. And, uh, and I didn't realize as I'm praying and I'm seeking God, her friend Kim is looking at me like, Mm-mm, I can't believe you. She's like, what were you doing? And so, but the thing is that she ends up, you know, I'm praying. And while I'm asking God about this other uh, lady, my wife, I didn't realize that even though she was in the friend zone, that I needed to change her status. That who I was looking for was actually right under my nose. Mm-hmm. Come on, someone. Mm-hmm. And so that was in the case of going out of the friend zone and becoming something more, right? But I was, I, I didn't catch it fully when we got together. I didn't understand. But we've got to be to the place because there are people in your life right now that you're pushing out, talking about the friend zone, that you need to unapologetically bring inside. Just like Jesus says, I no longer call you servants. I'm now calling you friends. There are people that you need to bring into the friend circle. There's people even in church right now that are trying to connect with some of y'all and you're just putting up the block ministry fam come on and there and you gotta like get to the place where you start accepting and letting people in can i just tell you about some of y'all talking about oh i wish that i could i could you know be in have a godly a better godly circumstance and i wish my circle could be more godly and i wish i could be surrounded by more positive people and x y and z but yet we are don't want to connect with people in a godly environment Mm. come on someone and so we got to get to a place where we Bring some people into the friend zone that we have been that we have been uh, that we've been pushing out. So when you move people the status, mm-hmm. what's going to happen? The haters raise up because what people want to be in your life, 
who they want to be, they're no longer going to be. Sometimes you have to rearrange your friends because what you thought were good friends that were there when you were in your relationships thinking, yeah, girl, do that, or yo, bro, that was amazing, that girl, blah, 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 that you have to, and you're a part of your life, you have to, you know what, I need to distance myself. I am a firm believer in Hebrews 11. It says they welcome um, the promise from a distance. I believe you have to sometimes love people from a distance. Wow. And in that season when you're rearranging, you're going to have to love from a distance so you can see clearly because a lot of times you've been under the manipulation and the influence of the friends that you had in that season that you're changing because you're bringing new people in your circle. And what happens, your friends get irritated and frustrated at you because they're the, the, the status is changing. And you have to be okay with when status change, haters will rise because things are changing. Yeah. And so moving onward, not only this, I love what Jesus says. He goes on and he says, um, he says in verse 15, no longer did I call you servants for the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I've called you friends. And this is it right here. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Mm-hmm. All that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. So in other words, number four, everybody say number four. Number four. We've got to determine the level of transparency that we have within our friendships. In fact, that's good enough to preach to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. You've got to determine the level of transparency. Come on. That you have in your friendships. In other words, you got to choose your level of disclosure. you got to be to a place where, you know, you realize that there are some, even with Jesus, because remember, we're using him as an example. There are some things that he, he had. There was the 70. There were 70 disciples. Then there was the 12. Everybody say the 12. Those are the 12 disciples, apostles that we know. But then even out of those 12, there were uh, three. There was the three. Everybody say the three. Peter, James, and John. And so there was some stuff that Jesus shared with Peter, James, and John that he didn't share with the 70. In other words, he had a different level of disclosure or transparency with the three than he had with everybody else. Mm-hmm. We even find, and I, it just, you don't have to turn here, you can write it down and check it out after, like in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 and 2, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up on what is known as the Mount of Transfiguration, where he went up and he... God the Father glorified him, glorified him in front of all, uh, in front of Peter, James, and John. And they saw a le- there was a level of transparency that they, that he had with those three that he didn't have with the rest. Come on. And so you got to be to the place where you determine the level of transparency. You cannot share everything with everyone. I'm a pretty transparent guy. We're pretty transparent about our relationship, about stuff that's happening in our lives. And you hear me share stuff from the pulpit and whatever. But it's some stuff that you would run to the hills if I told you about. You know, there's some stuff that you can't handle, but I can tell my brethren them. I can call up. I have oversight people that I'm submitted to that I share with and that she is submitted to and she shares with her things. And so even in your life, there are people that you cannot share certain things with. And you're the one that determines the level of transparency. Just as Jesus determined, right? If somebody comes and they're like, what's going on? And what's up? And blah, blah, blah. You don't have to tell them. You determine. Somebody say, I have the choice. I have the choice. You and I are the ones that determine, you know? And, um, you know, and so thinking about it as it pertains to, you know, even when, even when you think about like your phone, I've had brethren who have been like, yo, I'm sent, you need to get download this app. And I'm like, okay, 
you know, I should try to download the app. And I've had phones. I don't know. Maybe you've been in this place. And they'll send me, you know, the link to the app or whatever. And then when I go to try and download the app, it says you need to update your software, you know, <laughs> because your phone is incapable of handling the information that is coming. Come on, somebody. Your phone is incapable of being able to process it because it doesn't have the appropriate level of software that's on the phone. Come on. And that's the way that it is with some of our friendships. Some of us are giving people information that they're not capable of being able to handle. Come on, come on. And that's why a lot of you guys, your trust has been misused and you're in a hurt place because you've been trying to get people to process stuff that they're not in, the, they're not in that level of friend zone. Come on. Mm. And so you've been given information. You've been given this thing to people who don't have that. That's a preach right there. I'm about to run off that. Come on. And so you've got to determine the level of transparency and make sure that you're not disclosing information to someone who is not supposed to be in that area of the friend zone. You can be in the friend zone, but not in that area because you need a, a software update. Come on. Well, come on. And again, you have to remember when you, who you're disclosing your information to. And when I, we were when that line when that line the scripture came to me, and I was thinking, it dropped. There's a story I don't know when you were a kid, Little Red Riding Hood. Yep. Her grandmother was sick, so her mother sent her with some food to send to her grandmother. And on the way in the forest, there was the wolf, and she naively told the wolf where she was going. Mm. And while she, he, she told him, like, go, hey, I'm going to my grandma's because she's sick. On the way there, he got there before her, got dressed up like grandma, put grandma's <laughs> bonnet on and glasses, and she gets in the room. Come on. She walks in. She said, Grandma, what big eyes do you have? Mm. She thought something was kind of weird. It's good eyes to see you. Mm-hmm. What big hands do you have? And she's like, oh, to hold you. What big mouth do you have to eat you? Be careful who you're sharing your information with. It might be wrapped up in a wolf than in a sheep. And be very careful who you're sharing your information. You naively might be like, hey, girl, you're my girl, my bro, you know, information. But be careful who you're sharing your information with. And the same thing happened with Jesus. There was Peter and then there was Judas. Sorry. Be careful who's in your inner circle. Is it a Judas or is it a Peter? And it's not even that the mandem can't continue to hang with you. You just no. need to know. You just need to have to know who they are. Yep. Because Jesus is like. He didn't even call Judas out. He's like, it's one of y'all in this place. You know you have bars when you can preach off Little Red Riding Hood, though. That's dope. (laughs) So dope. And then I want you to encourage this, though. I want to encourage you around this, though, as it pertains to that. Like, you need to understand that just some people, it's not even that they're bad people. This is what just dropped in my spirit. It's not even that they're bad people. It's just that you put them in a position in in your life that they're not supposed to be in. Mm. And you set them up for failure because you gave them information that they weren't updated to be able to handle. Come on. So it's like, oh, they're a bad person because they went and they gossiped or they they disintegrated because of the information or they were messy people. (laughs) And it's like, no, they're not messy. But oftentimes because we're not careful, Mm. we put them in the wrong place in the friend zone. Yes. Are you with me? And so I don't have a shoe. I'm going to throw a flower at you. Come on. I was preaching. (laughs) And so, and so going onward, just to, to end this thing off, number five, here we go. As we end it, I love Jesus because Jesus shows us, Kadeem, that we have the power of choice as it pertains to choosing. He says as it pertains to his friends, which were the immediate disciples there, but all of us now who are believers, look at what he says in verse 16. 
You did not choose me. He says, I chose you. Who are you with? Are you with me today? Yes. I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you. And he ended it out. He ends it the same way he started. I command you so that you will love one another. So he says, as it pertains to the friendship that he's extended towards us, the same sort of friendship that we have with mutually with one another, right? He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. In other words, he exercised the power of choice in his sovereignty as God to choose to make me his friend. And this indicates that if I too am one who is supposed to love people like God loves me, that we go back to where we started, we've got to exercise discernment and put value in the power of choice. Everybody say choice. Choice. When it comes to our relationships, you exercise the power of choice. And so because of this, number five, when we do so, everybody say number five. Number last five. point. Godly friendship choices are fruitful. Amen. That also is good to preach to your neighbor. Let them know. Tell them, neighbor, if we're friends, we ought to be fruitful. In other words, we're not just get the days are over for us to just hang out. Come on. I'm tired. The days are over for just the fad of Netflix and chill. There needs to be some fruit. God isn't just called you to be pleasurable with people, but he called you to be fruitful with them. And too many of us have been connected in wasteman relationships, come on, that are not bearing any fruit and we're wondering why our life is going nowhere. Can I just, I just almost feel like, in fact, I'm going to stand up and preach this. Because there's some of us that are wasting our time and the time that God has given us and wasting other people's time because we're connected with folks that are not bringing forth any fruit. Hmm. But I wonder if it's anybody in this place that understands that you got to get to the place where you set the standard. I'm only being connected to you if there's something fruitful that's going to come out of this relationship. Amen. We're no longer just sitting there doing patty cake and jump rope and just sitting there playing games on our phones. We're time out. We're not in high school no more. We're not in elementary anymore. If we're going to be connected, it has to be fruit. It has to be about more than just pleasure and more than just saying, oh, I got my friend, you my BFF. BFF doing what? <laughs> well... <laughs> got anything yeah um so first corinthians i think it's 10 31 says do all things to the glory of god yeah. eat and drink and if your relationship is mm. not giving any glory to god who is it giving glory to wow the enemy and we should and again we're talking we need to be intentional with every relationship that we have and we're not seeing that every relationship you have you only can be friends with christians that's true because some of the worst friends can be christians come on well. come on Oops. If you can't say amen, said ouch. Mm-hmm. Come on. Um, no, we have to be intentional with our relationships with people. And we have to recognize is it, again, is it just for pleasure? And if there is only pleasure that, if it's only for pleasure, there means there's no production. Mm. And in pleasure, one of the goals that comes is reproduction. You better. And out of relationships, I like that. We, I, I love when I'm in a relate when I'm in a when I call my girlfriend. I'm just calling, and also we talk about God is so good. And then we start like, girl, that's a sermon, and we start preaching, and then we feel good because the spirit's steering up in our relationship. Come on, we're preaching. We're like, girl, man, like, and then it was like, you know, when you you when you know when it's good when you leave church, you're like, 
the pastor was in my house. Like, girl, we were just talking about this. And that's when you know that God is up in your relationship when it's confirmation of what the word of God is saying and what mm. in your house, in church, what God is saying. And so it's very crucial to have beneficial relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of your best, you know, we want to create a place at Surf City is that you not just meet people, but you do life with people. Yeah. So and we good. take it very, very seriously that, and we recognize it not, you might not be best friends tomorrow, but you know, every day or every week, you know, give your time to spend time with someone. Even when you say hello, the next week you might ask them, how is their week doing? And don't ask, don't ask that question if you're not ready for the answer. Wow. Come on. How easy we say, how's it going? And then you keep it, you're kind of already moving. God is good. <laughs> right? How was your week? Good. And before you got here, you know, you're about to blow your brains out. Come on. And you're talking about good. Telling lies. Ask, when, you ask, when you ask that Facts. question, be ready to receive and lean in a little bit more for that person and say, hey, you know what? Your week was rough. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. And have that moment because that's where we're supposed to be here for people, leaning in a little bit more. Yeah, I might be a little bit late. I had, you know, the Super Bowls this afternoon. Um, I have to prepare things, but you never know. That one minute can really change someone's life. So good. So good. So good. And so, you know, so we just want to challenge you guys. I mean, you know, and even for Christians, I'll I'll say this and you actually kind of touched on this and then I'll close here because, you know, there's the challenge. Some people say, well, you know, should I be connected as a Christian to people who are not Christian? Mm. Remember, Jesus is known as the friend of sinners. Right. And I, you know how I feel about that. You need to go back to servecity.ca forward slash messages and look at the summer mixtape series because I was challenging us, you know, um, how are you supposed to reach people if you're not connected to them? We're just going to stand on our Christian island and yell at them and condemn them and reach them with judgment. That's not the way it works. You know, and if if the only people, only friends that are in your life are Christian, that's failing right there. You have to be to a place where we befriend people to love on them. And with those friendships, in those friendships, you have to have boundaries. That's the key to everything. Just because I'm your friend's friend doesn't mean that I'm going to do what you do. You know, and some people, they won't want to hang with you because you're not going to go out and get tanked tonight. Right. And you got to be okay with that. But there are people out there who are willing to connect with you, even though you are a Christian and you are where you are and they're willing to connect with you. And so we want to end, man, by just giving you guys homework to go and truly take some time when you leave this place and assess your friendships. Really look at the people who you are, who are in the friend zone in your life. Are there actually people who should be there? And if they are supposed to be in the friend zone, right? Are they people, are those people in the friend zone, people who should be in that compartment of the friend zone? Mm. You got to be to the place where we do some rearranging in the friend zone, you know? And you were saying something about, you know, earlier you were telling me too. Oh yeah, I want to add to that is, when you're assessing your friendship, also assess yourself. Well. Are you being the good friend to other people? It's so easy to point fingers at other people. Come on. Would you be the friend that someone wants to delete you off their friend list? Good question. And, you know, even when you're thinking through this, have I failed as a friend? Where can I raise up and grow in maturity and in grace for other people? Amen. Well, if that word was a blessing to you, why don't you go ahead and put your hands together and give God praise on today.